The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Let's go! Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, one-on-one showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Thursday, April 20th, 2023. Listeners, please welcome pro-amateur adult performer and video producer, Jermaine Lavender. Welcome to the show, Jermaine. Hey, how you doing, Papa Chulo? Happy 420. Happy 420. Uh, I'm, I'm racking my brain. Have I ever recorded an interview on 420 before? I don't think I have. So, uh, hey, it's yes. time for everything, man. Exactly. And I've got to say, like, we have been in touch for a moment. You have been incredibly supportive. Oh, you have been awesome. And so I am really glad that we're getting the chance to make an interview happen. We have been talking a lot. You've, uh, I think I saw you on my just on my Twitter feed, and uh, was like, "Hey, I can do a podcast." Totally, I like it. All right, so I typically like to start off these interviews by getting some unique stats out the way. What's your height and weight? Uh, let's see, height is five ten. My weight, you know, I think I'm at one seventy something right around now, one seventy five. I do not have a scale in my home right now, so yeah, I'm just guessing on my weight. Last time, I think, was about 175, but yeah. What's your ethnic background? I'm black. I'm a black American. What's your zodiac sign? I'm an Aries, but I do not believe in astrology. It makes me laugh. And how old are you? How old do you think? I love this game. I hate this game because I never know what to say. <laughs> I can't be offended. So if you say I'm younger than I am, then I'm like, oh, I do look young, you know, fresh and hot, don't I? If you say I'm old, I'm like, yeah, I got that maturity going on, don't I? All right. Um, I'll take the baits. Uh, Jermaine Lavender. How old does Jermaine Lavender look? If I were to go just by looks, I would probably say early 30s. By maturity and professionalism, maybe older 30s I just turned 43 last month all right well both of them were under happy belated thank you thank you you're welcome 30 year olds are much more mature now so I'll take that as a compliment yes well that is true we won't talk about Generation Z that's a whole different podcast <laughs> yes. All right. So let's get into it. Let's get this interview started. Let's get to know cool. a bit about the man behind the performer. Where are you originally from? Okay. See, that is a hard question for me. Uh, one time, uh, I think in a recent video, somebody asked me that while I was getting my dick sucked. And yeah, it's hard. Um, so I was born in North Carolina. Before I was like a year old, I was moved to uh, SoCal, Southern California, because, you know, dad was a Marine. Uh, let's see, when my parents divorced before I was about 10, moved to Texas, was in Dallas until I graduated high school, then went to college in Indiana, came back to Texas, joined the Army, did my training in Missouri, and then was stationed in, of all places, Texas, 
and uh, went to Iraq a few times and then spent uh, a few years in the Seattle area to the point where it's like, oh, I guess I am from Seattle now. But uh, right now I'm over here in Tijuana, Mexico because I'm uh, taking advantage of some low rent and I'm technically, I guess, a resident of the state of California. So imagine having to explain all of that while getting my dick sucked. Right. That is a lot. It's, yeah. it's a mouthful. While yeah. a mouth was full. Wasn't my mouth, though. I could just, <laughs> no, I was yes. just, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Also, thank you for your service. Hey, thank you for your support. Yes. And, uh, well, I guess the, the logical follow-up is, what was life like for you growing up? Because you were all over the place. So... Crazy thing is, I was once a, uh, I was a raised very, very hardcore Christian. I won't say very hardcore to some people, but I was raised really, really Christian, like sanctified. And uh, yeah, this was, it was, it was weird. But I was also in heavy into the military. Well, my dad was, granddad, uncles. So there was a lot of military, but it was a weird thing. I had no desire to join the military until I was in my like mid-20s. So that's a totally different thing. But life growing up, it was, I guess, better than a lot, but not as good as it could have been. There's a lot of mistakes made by a lot of people, me and my family. And, but it was still good. I wasn't, I didn't have a, well, I don't think I was traumatized that hard, but I could be. Yeah, sounds like what a traumatized person would say. Hmm. I've never thought of it like that, but <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah. Well, we all have traumas. I mean, let's just be for real. Like, we, we have, you know, something that happened at some point in our childhood that has shaped the way that we all are. I mean, I think that's... Exactly. You know, we all have it. And, you know, the whole point of it is, you know, do we learn to deal with it or do we keep it hidden? Yeah, and it's like, what do we, yeah, do we keep it hidden or, or do we change? Exactly. Do I we learn from change. it? Yeah. I like that. I, I will say, Jermaine Lavender, you have the voice for radio. I'm just saying. Thank you. I have, that's not the first time I've heard that. Yes, I like, I hear, and plus the name, we're going to get into the name, well actually, should we get into the name, no, let's not get into the name now, we're going to get into the name in a moment, but I'm, I want to okay. give you your props on your name, but before we get Thank into you. that, before we get into that, what was going on in your life, what were you doing prior to entering the adult industry? Oh, okay, so, prior to entering the, you mean professionally or just any, either, like, anyway? Either way. Okay. So before I was doing porn, I was, uh, well, I was a bud tender in, uh, in the Seattle area over there in Washington State. And so bud tending is basically, just, I was selling weed legally in the, uh, in the uh, what do you call them, the shops, the recreational shops. And I was also pretty big, well, I won't say pretty big, but I was, how do I say it? I was uh, a very, very sought-after party guest for the swinger, uh, for the for the swinger people in the Seattle area. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of connections there. I'm actually going there next month to do some filming. 
But like, so I was pretty much going to parties all the time and smoking a ton of weed and getting paid to smoke weed and tell people how good it is. And then it was just going to swinger parties, man. I, uh, I actually realized I can't go to regular parties anymore. Like when I go to regular vanilla clubs, it's like, man, this is so tame. Are you guys actually having fun? Oh, I get it. You guys are all drunk. So it was just, I can't do the uh, the regular vanilla parties anymore. It just doesn't even feel right. So when you're doing your thing in the uh, in the swinger, in the swinger people, you, I was getting a lot of, uh, was just, I was doing my thing. I was slinging a lot of dick, basically. And uh, I started, like, filming a lot of my sexual encounters. And one uh, couple I was playing with, we decided to put some stuff on Pornhub and see what happens. And stuff happened. That's what's okay. up. Okay. Right. Yes. Okay. We're going to get into the professional capacity in a moment. Mm-hmm. I just have a follow-up for you in regards to this. So before any what's of that? this was happening, before mm-hmm. you got into the swinger scene, before you know you met this couple that you filmed and you, you decided to put it on Pornhub, had porn ever crossed your mind as something that you wanted to do? Was it something, a, a teeny tiny little idea in the back of your mind, or did this really just kind of come out of nowhere or or in a better word maybe did this sort of just you know spiral out out of what you were doing it kind of came out of what i was doing i've never really wanted to do actual never wanted to do porn well in this i wanted to do porn in the same way that every guy wants to do porn you know that you don't not all not everybody wants to do porn they just want to fuck hot porn stars that's really it but I didn't really have any desire to enter the porn industry. Didn't really think that I could. Um, I was basically just getting it right before I started hanging out with the swingers a lot. I was in the army and uh, just getting out and trying to find like my civilian job and stuff. So, but I wasn't really thinking about trying to do porn. I just watched a shit ton of it though. All right, and so you had this opportunity, so you uploaded mm-hmm. the content, and clearly mm-hmm. people responded to it in a certain way. Yeah, it originally, so it was a lot of stuff on FetLife. You've heard of FetLife, right? Yes. So I started putting stuff on FetLife just to like kind of show off my picture-taking abilities, and yeah, we were posting our stuff there just for fun. And then it was like, hey, let's give Pornhub a try. What was the – did you ask an exact question there? Well, it was just a follow-up, you know, that I guess the content became really popular. And so, I mean, if you want to go into how you pick this up sort of professionally, we can get into that. Okay. How did I pick it up professionally? Well, uh, the couple that I was – that I originally filmed with and, you know, played around with, we were – they they eventually got out of it. They got other things to do, don't really want to do porn, and uh, it's good for them because people who don't want to do porn do not need to be doing porn. And so what I started doing was just getting with other friends that I had in the, uh, in the swing lifestyle that wanted to do stuff because you'd be surprised how many people are actually down to film with you if, you know, they just want to fuck you anyway. And then it was around the pandemic time, so everybody was giving this OnlyFans thing a shot. And I wasn't even using OnlyFans when I first started filming. I didn't think I could. 
I thought that was only for you know female content creators, but it's not. So in total, how long would you say you've been a performer in the adult industry? You know, I'm not even sure. Well, I'd say, I'd get, I'd say uh, I've been making content for two years. Like I've been like the first time I uploaded anything to Pornhub was in was two years ago. All right, and officially, your OnlyFans. How long has that been up? I'd say maybe one year. All right, all right. So let's talk about your name. Okay. I always ask this to performers. I always love to know how they created their performer name. I will give you extra props because I feel like mm-hmm. your name is fantastic. It it, it it works. And I'm say I'm gonna say this next thing not as an insult. It isn't shade. It's not a diss. I promise. I mean this okay. in the most spectacular way possible. It gives uh-huh. me the vibes of like a '70s soul singer. Ha ha ha! A '70s soul singer. Yeah. Believe me, you do not want me singing anything. Well, probably not. Even though you do have a voice for radio, but um, you know, I, I just hear like, and now the dulcet tones of Jermaine Lavender here on ninety-two point five, the Quiet Storm, <laughs> or something. You know. That's hilarious. Yes, I it's good. It's a good that. name. It, it. This is a compliment. It is a good name. Oh, I take it as a compliment. I just never, yeah, never thought of it as a singer's name. But you want to know where it comes from, though? Yes. Okay, so Jermaine is actually my government name. It's actually my middle name. Uh, my mom gave me that name because you know, she had me young and had a crush on Jermaine Jackson. So I used to hate my middle name, but I don't know. I cannot remember what it was that made me kind of like it. I think, you know what? I heard a woman say it. And, yeah, I, yeah, the way they sound saying that is uh, – the way they sound saying Jermaine is a lot cooler than how they say my first name. But Lavender, just – so my, uh, my, government first, my government last name is actually a color. I'm going to keep that off the radio. But I was like, you know, it could just be another color. What color do I wear, you know, a lot of? What color do I like looking at? What color has a name that rolls off the tongue? Hey, Lavender. And I like wearing purple. I like the way lavender smells, and it's supposed to relax you. Very nice. I like it. As I already said, it's a good name. Props on it. Thank thank you. You're welcome. Okay, so let's talk about the first time that you shot a scene. As you mentioned, it was the thing that you uploaded to Pornhub. My question for you, I guess it's, it's a little different than how I usually ask performers, because typically when I ask a performer, you know, they had never filmed anything before, you know, they they had never done anything like that and that sort of thing, but because you were in the swinger lifestyle, because you were a lifestyle member, I mean, it's Mm -hmm. kind of a little different, because you're already sort of having sex at these swinger parties, you know, in front of people, so, you know, unlike someone who is not a part of the lifestyle that joins the industry where maybe it, it's a little uh, daunting to like be in front of a whole bunch of people having sex and the cameras and, and you know someone filming it and all that kind of stuff. I would assume that because you were a part of the lifestyle that maybe the first experience wasn't it wasn't as daunting for you. But I want to get your take on it. What was that first experience like? shooting content and if you want to compare it to you know um you know subsequent shoots you can Mm -hmm. as well 
Okay, so my first time shooting content wasn't actually in the studio. It was um, since it was just us recording. Mm-hmm. It's basically, you know, you having sex with people you know, and um, you're just recording it. So it was really seamless at that point. It was really, really seamless. Uh, as far as um, uh, just working with other people that I hadn't worked with before, that I wasn't swinging with, like like you said, being able to, you know, doing your doing your thing, having sex in front of a bunch of people at a swinger club, it's a... Uh, it does. It's a lot like having sex in porn, but it's not the same, and it's definitely not the same as having sex in your private, like privately. Uh, but it did help that uh, when I first started, when I did a like a studio shoot, uh, it was a lot different because nothing is. Uh, things aren't very comfortable, like the things you're fucking on. They're not chosen for their comfort most of the time, and. Uh, See, I guess another main difference would be who I'm working with. I don't always uh, know them for. I don't always know them personally. Uh, you don't always click as easily as you do when you're just working with someone that you're having sex with anyway. But it was a so the first time was on my first professional shoot. Well, it's a little hard to uh, to like a professional shoot versus like a collab shoot with people I don't know or people that or it's they're I guess they're both they both have their own they both have their own individual nuances mm-hmm. it's like you're meeting new people and it's like hey we're about to have sex today and you know that's always that's well it's fun first off and then, but it is a lot easier because it's just you guys filming. It's just you guys doing the thing. It's a lot more relaxed. Now, in a professional situation, it's a little bit less relaxed. I work with a Brick Yates. I don't know if you've heard of him. Have you? Yes, of course. So yeah, Brick Yates does these uh, these really cool military scenes, and uh, while his his style is very very relaxed, it's still like a studio. You know, things aren't that comfortable, but we get it done, you know, and we have fun doing it. What do you enjoy most about starring in porn scenes? Uh, let's see. I guess it's the, I mean, I could just say the sex. I mean, that's a, that's good for the most part, but it's, uh, I guess the atmosphere, being in a sexually charged environment is my favorite thing ever. Uh, a bunch of people who are not like, who are not squeamish about sexual stuff. That is, like, hanging out with people like that is the best thing ever. Like, I don't have to shoulder check when working on my phone or uh, or uh, putting together a promo preview on my phone if I'm on the train. Um, I don't have to, uh, what do you, I don't have to censor my speech if I want to say, yeah, yeah, I totally fucked this girl last night. Fucking amazing. Matter of fact, look at my phone. Look at this. But, I, yeah, that's the main thing I enjoy the most about it. Besides the sex, of course. Let's talk about the good and the bad about being on set. When you're on set, when you're at a shoot, what turns mm-hmm. you on the most and what turns you off the most? Okay, so what would turn me on the most on a set uh, 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 is working with somebody who actually wants to work with me. Like, working with somebody who is, like either 
really, really down to fuck me, or they are not like, or they're just faking it really well because they're that good of a porn star. Basically, like, be cool, be nice, and let's have fun together. That turns me off. People being uptight turns me is a turn off. I guess that would be my uh, my turn off for on a set is uh, somebody who's just really uptight. Someone who's just like they don't want to do porn, but they're still trying to do porn. Like what was it? This uh, I was uh, doing a scene with one girl, and she's like, and she says, "I don't like the taste of pre cum." I'm saying, why are you here then? Like if you like, that's like saying I do construction, but I don't want to lift anything. I guess that's why I do a lot of my own stuff mostly. I will work with uh, with like productions, but for the most part, when I do my own material, when I do the collabs on my own material, it's working with somebody that wants to work with me, and that makes the best videos and has the best time. Let's break a porn scene down. Let's break a scene down. In a scene, which do you mm-hmm. enjoy the most, oral, vag, or anal? Well, I don't enjoy anal that much because it's just it's just anal. Um, it's okay. I'll do it, but it's not my favorite thing. Uh, oral and vaginal, you really can't uh, you really can't hold them against each other. I guess that's not fair to them. <laughs> I, I, so to answer that, I just say yes. I like it. All right, and uh, in a scene. What's your favorite sexual position to perform for the camera? And uh, is it the same or, or different than the one that you prefer off camera? Damn good question. I have thought about asking this, and I've written that question down to ask in my own interviews. Because it's interesting as fuck. So I guess my favorite thing for film is, uh, is probably doggy style, like back shots. You can, you know, see the penetration pretty well. You can see, um, you can see her face. Uh, if you pull back enough, you can see my face. Um, it's awesome. It's great. And then I guess it's also the uh, what's another one? Ice missionary, but on a table. That one kind of goes with my regular favorite sex position, and also good for film. Because, like, I can stand, and I have, like, I've got a bit more balance, and when she is on a table, just with her legs spread like a massage table, something about waist height, it's the the easiest thing for me. And so I can, like, concentrate on pleasing her and making it look good for the camera. But as far as just, like, regular sex, just regular dead-born missionary, yeah. But I always ask that because, like, what you what everybody does for the camera is different for what they do for themselves. And if they mm-hmm. say they don't, they're lying. No, that is very true. I agree with you. And, of course, sometimes what you personally like doesn't look the best on the camera. You know, we always exactly. have to remember, and, and I think the listeners have learned that based off of the interviews that I've been doing with performers over the years. You know, when you're shooting porn, you have to open up for the camera. And uh, mm-hmm. opening up sometimes isn't necessarily the most comfortable or or the sexiest move that you feel that you're doing. Yeah. But it is, yeah, you know, it's for the viewers. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we know how a scene ends, the pop shot, the money shot. 
in a scene, where is your favorite place to shoot your load? Uh, I love facials. I gotta say, I'm all up for the facials. I, I love the facials. Like, that was, uh, even when I was, like, a kid and stumbled upon porn, like, I saw that and was like, oh, I want to do that. I'm, I want to do that right there, that one day. I'm doing that. But, like, uh, the, I will say the cream pie, like, coming inside vaginally feels so right. Like, how do I explain that? That that feels the way it's supposed to be. Like, that is, it requires no effort. It's like, yeah, I can see why this way is, you know, mandatory for perpetuating the species. But, like, it there's something about that and I'm so glad I did not do that as I was a kid because I would have so got somebody pregnant and wouldn't be able to do what I do now. Well, there you go. How would you describe your fuck style? How would you describe your style of fucking? You know, I've never been asked. I have been asked to describe the style, but normally I don't do it because normally it's by, uh, I'm normally asked that question by uh, dudes on by set life doms, <laughs> but I will say it's hmm. So I guess moderation of everything is my style. I moderate the amount of well, I moderate everything except for the physical touch and connection of it. I try to have a lot of eye contact, a lot of kissing. Definitely a lot of kissing. That's another thing. If somebody doesn't want to kiss me, we can't fuck. Sorry. You're, we're, we're not doing a video. We're not doing none of that. That's not the kind of videos I make. But uh, lots of passion. And the jackhammering is purely for, uh, is purely for video or at the exact right time. There are people who, like, want to do that constantly or... Um, or just basically want to just fuck hard the entire time, and you can't do it. I mean, sometimes you can, depending on how much you fuck that person. But, yeah, I take that in moderation, but the only thing I don't take in moderation is closeness and touching. you got to keep touching someone. you got to, you know, keep communicating, definitely. But I would say that, I guess you could, the, in, a, in a when one sentence, everything in moderation except sensuality because that doesn't say too much I guess I would have to tell people listening go watch the videos exactly totally totally so far in the time that you have been making content who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with I'm not necessarily looking for like a top whatever list, you know, top 10 or anything like that, just names that pop into your mind as, you know, memorable experiences. Oh, well, for starters, my friend Vanessa Cliff. She is a tiny, 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 dark-haired little woman. She's just, she's little, she's cute, she's so nice. But we did a lot of stuff when I was in Seattle uh, collaborating. We made a lot of stuff together. We did a lot of learning together, and she's still a very good friend of mine. And uh, you'll see her all over, uh, all over my work. And uh, she's doing stuff now with 
a lot of people. She's doing a lot of stuff with private society um, and a lot of other a lot of other producers I can't name off the top of my head, but they're all over the place. She unfortunately, her Twitter kept getting uh, kept getting nixed. It's terrible. And I, then I guess there is. Uh, um, who else has been shaping me a lot? There's Lala Tada, Lala Tada. I think that's yeah, Lala Tada. Uh, just did some stuff with her over in Vegas. She is amazing to work with, and her husband is so supportive. Probably the, she has the uh, most uh, supportive husband I've ever met. You know, Doc McFuckins is his name. Cool dude. Oh, man. I wish I would written this down. Amy Quinn, uh, kind of like, working with her kind of caused an explosion of uh, of people watching my material. Amy Quinn is the little redhead, tiny girl, too. Uh, she is like, I actually met her at a, uh, at a convention at Exotica a couple of years ago. And uh, in the smoking area, and was like, hey, want to work together? Sure. And we did it. And I, I'm still selling copies of this video. I'm like, Don't, doesn't everybody have it already? But apparently not. It's still selling. And I just made some new material with her. So taking one picture with her kind of thrusted me into a, a, a slightly larger spotlight. So highly memorable. Now it's time for the power of manifestation. Who have you not worked with yet that you're looking forward to? Who is on your wish list? You're trying to get me to be thirsty on on cam or on uh, on live. <laughs> Just a tad. Uh, let's see. Who? Let's see. Amber Fox. I'm actually set up to work with her in. Uh, next month I'm going back to uh, the Seattle area and Amber Fox was on Playboy Swing back in the day it's uh this blonde milfy long legs just amazingly hot but uh, we actually met a very long time in the swing lifestyle and uh, we never got around to playing like personally but her husband kept communication with me and has been like looking at my stuff and we found each other again here and uh I haven't even watched her episode of Playboy Swing because it's like I don't want to you know spoilers you know I don't want to see how exactly she's going to look and see and all that stuff so I'm really looking forward to that but it's already confirmed so that's going to happen next month and uh yeah be on the lookout for it and I'm just looking forward to it like Matt cuz it's been Multiple years coming, even from before I did porn. From before I did porn, yeah. Can you tell I'm stoned? <laughs> well, it is 420. Oh, yeah. But I, I'm, like with me, 420 is just the day I smoke weed to celebrate the fact that I smoke weed every day. <laughs> there you go. Stole that one from Bill Maher. Very nice. Was there anyone else on your wish list before I, I move on to the next question? Uh huh. Huh. Wish list. Hmm. You know, I don't want to sound that thirsty on the phone or on the on the on a live. 
somebody sitting there gushing over their favorite porn star, that's not quite me. So I'll uh, I'll uh, stick with that. We'll say who I'm looking forward to is uh, Amber Fox, uh, Risa Ruin. Uh, I'm also working with her in Seattle. I'm going to do more stuff with Vanessa Cliff, but I've worked with her before, so I guess that doesn't count. And uh, there's also Veronica O. That's her. That's her name. Veronica O. Are there any individuals in the industry, performers or not, performers mm -hmm. or behind the camera that you look up to? Are there any performers or individuals in the business that inspire you in what you're trying to do with your slice now, of the industry? They, now, are they? Does it? Uh, can they be retired? Of course. Living or dead? This is your answer. Okay. okay, so I guess the people who do inspire me are, um, I guess, who has inspired me once. I guess DFW Knight, you heard of him. Of course, yes, I've interviewed him. Great dude, a great performer. Yeah, DFW Knight, uh, when, I was, when I would see his stuff there, it reminded me, like, this guy, wait, is this guy a swinger? Because this, like, this looks like a swinger, like, meeting. So I would say him, of course, and uh, you know some people might say he's he's uh, he's kind of blacklisted, Mr. Marcus. Um, that is just from my old watching days. Just how much fun he had in it, the 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 laughing, the smiling. Like I, it, it kind of reminds me to have fun with this. You know, don't take yourself too seriously, because that's when it just quits being fun. You know, we can't have that. And one more, I guess, Brick Yates. Uh, his uh, his production quality, like, and then the fact that he uses the uniforms and makes that callback to our service people, you know, veteran, pretty much anybody who's a veteran, I'm already, I'm, I'm cool with you. And then there's Tad, you know Tadpole. Mm-hmm. You know, that guy, he's doing it big, and I got to say, I'm watching the dude, and uh, I he might not know it, but I kind of, I kind of pick his brain a little bit on some stuff. As far as uh, as far as marketing tactics and uh, and uh, and some filming some filming techniques and some stuff going on, but like, yeah, I I, I look at the man. And I notice he's doing a lot of stuff cool. Now, what I want to do is shift the tone a little bit and talk about some of the serious issues in the industry. And uh, the first uh -oh. question in this set is. Are there any misconceptions or myths about porn performers that you would like to dispel? Hmm. Myth about porn performance. Uh, that they'll fuck anybody. That is the main one. A lot of people believe that porn stars will, or porn performers are always down to fuck you. You know, it's like, nah, uh-uh, no, no, not quite, not at all. You know, there's a lot more choice going on. I guess that's the number one. Uh, number two, they're not all rich. You know, it's not, they're not like, they may look rich on uh, on their videos, and then you hear about how much money per scene people are making. Yeah, the, they're not rich, they're just really good at looking amazing, which people think are rich, and you know, they're not rich. Uh, let's see, what is another myth? Oh, that our lives are porno world. They're not. I mean, to some extent, to some extent it is. Well, let me rephrase that. 
a lot of people want to, mainly guys, they, they think that to be where I am, all you really have to do is like fill out an application or to be where, um, uh, uh, where DFW night is. You just fill out an application and show up and, you know, this producer just puts a supermodel in front of you to have sex with. And it's like, that's not how it works, dude. You don't, nobody can become a porn star especially a guy porn star. Nobody can become a guy porn star just from, uh, just because they feel like it now. Like one, I got an email, I got a DM from a guy who was trying to be, who was trying to get me to help him get into porn because he had just gotten divorced. And I'm like, you're fucking kidding me, right? Dude, no, that's, that's not how it works. If you're not already getting laid a lot, you're not going to turn that around with porn. It, or by having an OnlyFans isn't going to turn that around. It's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen like that. And I guess if that is what I. That's all I can think of off the top of my head. There are others. Is there an aspect of the adult industry that you do not enjoy? A lot of the fans. See, the thing is, the the. One thing about porn that I don't enjoy is how people feel the need or feel the feel like they have the uh, ability to judge porn stars, which is crazy because, like, half of the porn material is centered around judging people. And that makes money, but at the same time, a lot of people think they can just talk all kinds of crap to you. But very few people do it uh, in person. So it's still cool. And then it also feeds into my my love of cringe, and I guess that would be another good thing because, like, when I see some of these DMs of these guys just spouting thirst, like, I love that shit. Like, I, I can't lie. I'm all about it. I just, I sit back and laugh. I, like, screenshot that and show it to other performers. Yeah. But I guess that, I guess it's it's a little weird being objectified, but your job is to be objectified. So I guess when you're over-objectified, that's, that's the thing I don't like. Like, I will say my, I have a BBC, but that ain't my name. Something that I want to ask you about is a callback to what you mentioned earlier. Like, you grew up mm-hmm. in a very religious background, is what you said. And clearly, you know, you're working in an industry, you know, if we're going to be talking Mm -hmm. about, like, judging, that is incredibly judged by people of faith. So I'm just wondering, as someone who grew up in that life, you know, is is there at all, um, I don't know how much of a man of faith you are now, like, I I don't know any of that. None. Okay, because I was going to ask, like, how, is it difficult to sort of balance, you know, what you knew then versus what you're doing now, but I guess hell no because okay. what I was doing then was was well I was saying what I was doing then was just not cool. It wasn't. It's not right. I'm an atheist now, so I do like I'm an atheist. I resent a lot of that religious upbringing. Some of it was done. I mean, I I don't blame anybody for it because everybody raising me was doing the best they could, and mm-hmm. you know they loved me, and that's what you do. You you transfer their Christianity, you, you, be, you make them, you raise them in the faith. But, yeah, you realize that's a, yeah, you realize, I'm, 
I'm trying not to be the smug atheist, but I get fuck it. Yeah, I, that's a bunch of bullshit, and I don't, I, I can't even look at that anymore. Like it's like half of, I won't say half, but a lot of my social media presence on you know my Facebook is uh, just is uh, is a uh, smug atheist memes, but it does not wash at all. I I'm not a not into faith anymore. As a black man in the adult industry, have you ever experienced any racism, colorism, discrimination, or microaggressions? Yeah. <laughs> That's the easy one right there. Uh, I just told you before I have to tell people, you know, my name is not BDC. I have a BDC, you know, Big Black Cock and all. I got one, but that ain't my name. Um, a lot of people just think the black guy is uh, is just a uh, a fuck tool to some of these people like a lot of the it's just mainly from uh the fans too i've seen a lot of people that would like get all kinds of pissy upon seeing you know their favorite porn star fucking a black dude you know and then i i do like a lot of the uh, interracial porn out now because it's just filmed really well but some of the storylines just be pissing me off, you know. It's like, why do you have to make it so that uh, this black guy is some kind of like brute buck who's just, you know, all about fucking? And it just, yeah. A lot of the whole, a lot of it I don't like, but I don't film stuff like that. And if it sells, it sells. So I can't really judge them. That's the thing. You have to give the fans what they want, but sometimes the fans want shitty stuff or some stuff that's a little bit racist. So, yeah, I, I'm not about that, but I get that some people are. Well, let's talk a little bit about that, because race okay. play, you know, there are performers that are into it. You just referenced, you know, a term that performers use, uh, that not performers, sorry. Well, some performers use it, um, but fans use, like, BBC, Bull, mm -hmm. uh, terms like Queen of Spades and that sort of thing. Uh, what, what are your don't thoughts? Don't get me started. Well, let's get you started. What are your oh, thoughts yeah, on racially charged terms that are used, not just in porn, not just via content creators, but also in the lifestyle that you're in, in, in the swinging mm -hmm. lifestyle? I just want to get your take on all of the, the racially charged terminology gotcha. that can be used. Okay, so the Queen of Spades thing, I can't stand. You know where that comes from, right? Yeah. Yeah, a spade is, that's what they used to call uh, uh, enslaved or sharecropping black dudes working in a field holding a spade. They were a spade. That's it. They're, you know, reduced to their work, you know. And they would, yeah, they're right now walking around saying these white women that are looking for black men and only one black men are walking around saying queen, they're a queen of spades, I find it disgusting, really. Like, I can't stand seeing that, that symbol, that logo, or tattoo. It, it disgusts the living hell out of me. And I get that some people do it because there's a huge uh, following of it online, and it probably makes a ton of money, but, like, I won't do it, and if uh, somebody I work with 
Yeah, if they have that whole Queen of Spades thing going on, they're going to have to mix that around me. Keep it away from my stuff. I haven't worked with anybody who has called themselves a Queen of Spades. I don't foresee me doing it. But, yeah, I, I, I think it's just, it's, it's pretty damn disgusting. I'm not a spade, and she's not my queen, you know? If you want to fuck a black man, you can just ask me. Like a micro, actually, as long as we're on the subject, the, you asked me about a microaggression. Mm-hmm. One that sticks out in my mind, that was at Exotica, and uh, this little, uh, another performer asked me, does, uh, they were, she was talking and laughing a bunch with her friends, and, you know, they had some kind of joke, and she leans over to me and says, we were just talking about this. Does doing interracial porn count as reparations? And I was like, you're fucking kidding me, right? Everything black people have dealt with, mass incarceration, uh, uh, Jim Crow, slavery, lynchings, um, redlining. And you think your pussy is reparations for that. Like, that kind of arrogance just pisses me the hell off. But I set her straight, so. I'm glad you did. Good grief. What? Not just the arrogance, but the ignorance. Like, yeah. I don't know if she was being serious. I don't know if she thought it was cute and funny, but that shit was not cute funny. That's the thing. And that's the thing. Uh, uh, She probably did think it was cute and funny, and I can't blame her fully because there's a lot of guys there's a lot of black dudes that, that would have responded and, and would have encouraged it. Yes. And, like, these guys are the ones who will do anything to get laid. Oh, you can call me a spade. You can call me, you can call me the N-word on, on a video. Oh, yeah, you can have your Queen of Spades logo while you're riding my dick. It's, as long as you're riding my dick. It's like, no way, dude. Don't, just because these people are looking for a black dude and they think any black dude will do, like, Come on. That's uh that's not me. Mm-mm. I'm glad you set her straight. Oh I did. Yes. Alright, so moving away from the serious stuff. Well actually no. Before we move away, I want to get your take on this. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about romance in the industry. Let's talk about dating in the industry. Okay. And dating in the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. What's your take on it? What's your take on uh, dating while being in the lifestyle and being a performer in the adult industry? Is it difficult? It has, has it been something that you've um, been trying to do? Are you perfectly content with how things are right now? In your mind, would it have to be with someone who's also in the lifestyle or is a performer? Just your take on being mm-hmm. in the swinger lifestyle and being a performer in the adult industry and uh, navigating the dating world. Okay, so as far as, so in the lifestyle, I've been, well, I, to say I've been single for a while. I think I'm more of a, I think I'm more of a solo poly type guy. Have you ever heard of that, solo poly? Um, it's basically... Poly's polyamory. What does solo yeah. poly mean? 
it's basically where you're, I, I guess, you're basically fucking a lot of poly people. Fucking or dating uh, people who are poly, and you just don't ever, you're not seeking a primary. There we go. You're not seeking a primary partner. And for a while, I for a while, I really was not. I guess I still. I guess I now I'm kind of seeking a primary, but it's not. I'm not forcing it, but I'm just looking around. But as far in like the uh, in the swing lifestyle, I was always single, always doing the uh, the the uh, being a third or dating pe- or dating girls and going to parties that way, or setting up a lot of dick appointments and booty calls. <laughs> uh, as far as uh, 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 I haven't really been with anybody monogamously, and I don't plan to be. Um, if I were to start dating somebody, they I'd really prefer that they be in the industry or at the very least okay with it. But even then, like if they're just okay with it, we're probably it's not it's probably not going to be too much fun. Maybe if she wants to help out, like film and stuff like that. But I would personally rather date a performer because we'd have that much more in common. Even in the lifestyle, you definitely uh, you definitely want to date people within it. Is that it makes stuff a little bit hard because like a lot of people are looking for monogamy. I think there are more monogamous people than non-monogamous, and uh, all of them want that. They, they they want that exclusivity, and that's not something I'm really wanting to give right now. All right, let's shift gears once again. Let's move away from the serious stuff, and let's talk about your original content. Let's talk about your OnlyFans. What type of content can the listeners expect to see from you? Okay, so on my OnlyFans, you're going to see uh, the behind-the-scenes, um, the raw stuff right from my phone, right from my camera, because I'm doing a lot of stuff on my phone. Do pretty much everything on my phone and iPad. And so... When I record stuff, when I'm talking to people, my OnlyFans, you're going to see it raw and uncut. And, yeah, it's just there. I don't do anything to it. And uh, there's no PPD ever, so it's 6 bucks a month, and uh, it's right there. My mini-vids has all of the, uh, the movies where I make them all pretty and edit them, and uh, they're the actual, like, actual feature videos. When you say what can we expect, are you looking for names? Because you'll see me fucking Amy Quinn. You'll see me fucking La La Tada. Um, let's see, Jade Lee. A lot of uh, Vanessa Cliff, of course. Uh, Amber Fox and stuff will be coming up on there. Uh, a lot of me fucking people. Then a lot of pictures, you know. It's what people are looking for, a lot of stuff that I won't put on my uh, Fat Life or my Twitter, stuff like that. How often do you update the various platforms that you use to release content? Constantly. Uh, it's, I'm always looking up, looking over it like uh, OnlyFans. I've got stuff going on every, every day, if not every other day. If nothing else, my stuff will come out like every Wednesday and Sunday. Uh, mini vids, I'm going to be putting stuff out at least twice a month. There's going to be a new video, a new full video. But, yeah, it's going to be I'm, – I'm constantly doing it. I'm always on this stuff. And uh, I am also uh, – I talk to the fans on OnlyFans. If you want to, like, talk to me, ask me questions, 
like a lot of like uh, I'll give out uh, industry advice, but yeah, talk to me on OnlyFans. You know, most of the time, people who just send me random DMs on like Twitter or Instagram, they just want me to talk to them. They want me to basically give them some free verbal porn. And yeah, if you're really serious about trying to get into the industry and you want advice, talk to me on OnlyFans, or you can just ask me any question ever. I'll uh, I'll answer. Is there any type of content that you aren't shooting yet for your original content that you're planning on adding in the future? Is there anything that you haven't done yet, basically, is what I'm trying to ask, that you Anything look I haven't to doing? done yet that I'm looking forward to? Like, mm-hmm. uh, let's see. I'm going to shoot with a reality TV star, uh, Amber Fox, like I said. She was on Playboy Swing, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, let's see. Oh, I'm hoping to get, uh, do some stuff outside of the United States, either in Europe or, uh, Colombia. Wanted to see if I can connect with some people there and, uh, possibly get some filming done in those places, but got to connect first. So that's still in the workings. So for right now, the thing I'm looking forward to is uh, my stuff in Seattle. Dopeness. All right. Awesome. Now it's time for the big question, the question I'm sure Uh-oh. a lot of your hardcore fans and supporters might be curious to know. Mm-hmm. How much is Jermaine Lavender packing? Oh, how big is my dick? You know, crazy thing, I never measured it, ever. I have no idea. I really have never measured it. It's never come up, and uh, I just use it. And when people see it on videos, they're like, oh, you've got a big dick. I'm like, all right, cool. But, yeah, I have never measured my dick, so that is a mystery to me. My answer to that is go look for yourself. Watch the video. There you go. Use some of that, use some of that technology and, uh, like, measure it on, the, uh, on, the, on your screen. Do you do anything in particular to uh, have a good pop shot for the camera? Do you do anything in preparation for when you have a shoot that's coming up to make sure that the pop um, pops on camera? Hmm. You know, if I... Hmm. Nothing really special, but really eat a lot of protein. Uh, see the protein shakes and my, uh, what do we call it? My smoothies. I, every day I get a smoothie, which has like a bunch of spinach among other things. There's pineapple juice. You know, why is that pineapple juice there? Apparently it makes your gum taste better. And I put a lot of protein in that. So that, uh, has a tendency to do some things. And of course, working out. Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Something unique about Jermaine Lavender. I love Star Wars, like really love Star Wars. Like you cannot, I have, I have chosen Star Wars over pussy. Like, really? Like going to see the movie in the theaters or just a rewatch? Oh, no, 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 no. It was like, okay, let me rephrase it. It wasn't like directly that. It was, um, <laughs> okay. So I was in Ecuador. I was traveling around South America and uh, Rise of Skywalker was coming out while I was there. And I'm like, you know, you know, I'll go to the theater. I will go all the way to Guayaquil because I was in uh, Montanita and went 
you know, to a major city so I can go to a movie theater and watch Star Wars because, you know, this is big. And uh, I, you know, made a post online, and this girl I was kind of seeing, like, sends me this text and basically says, what are you doing? You won't be here, but you're going to go all the way over there to see this stupid movie? And I was like, uh, what, what, next, next it, uh-uh, nope, 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 you don't do that. I do what I want, and you do not keep me from watching Star Wars. Not cool. That is too much. I, I love yeah. your dedication to the Force. But, yeah, it's a, it's a thing. I love Star Wars, but it was more, I guess there was more control. But, yeah, I am a 43-year-old guy that owns a lightsaber. As right you now, should. Yeah, I don't. No it's judgment. In Seattle in my storage. But yes, I love my Star Wars. Baby Yoda is uh, sitting above my fridge right now. You know, Grogu? Yeah. Just chilling? Eating a just frog? Just chilling. Nope, he's just chilling right now. Oh, okay, no nice. frog in here. But yeah, I guess that's probably the quirkiest thing I do. I love my Star Wars. Describe yourself in ten words or less. Let me think. Let me think. Sex positive, literate, sex positive, literate, stoner with a passport. As we start wrapping things up, I have this list of pop culture-oriented questions that are designed Uh to allow the listeners and your fans Mm -hmm. to get to know some of your favorites. The first question in this set is, what are five of your most favorite television shows? Of all time? Yes. Okay. How I Met Your Mother. Okay, this is no particular order, in no particular order. Uh, How I Met Your Mother, um, Living Single. In a 90s kind of world. Glad, yeah, yeah. Don't get me started on that. And uh, Friends, of course, but don't get me started on the whole Living Single Friends thing. Well, well, because Friends friends stole, but we'll we'll get into it. This is known. This yes. is known. I mean, the okay, characters so are the same. Pretty much. Regine and Rachel are the same person. Mm-hmm. Sinclair and Phoebe are the same person. Woo-woo-woo. Yes. Well, Phoebe didn't have the woo-woo. She had the smelly cat. But, I yeah, mean, it was exactly. close enough. Exactly. Overton and Joey. But anyway. Yep. We will, okay, we so will not digress. We, everyone knows that needs to know. Yes. Okay, and so what was that? Three, because I said friends. Okay, friends, how I met your mother, living single. Um, you know, people hate that I mention this one, but it's one of the best shows, I've, best TV shows I have ever seen, House of Cards. I am so mad at Kevin Spacey for fucking it up, but House of Cards was excellent. Uh, 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 that's four... The Mandalorian. Mandalorian, of course. Like, I'll find myself, like, I'll let it, I'll not watch it because I can't watch one episode at a time. Like, that will drive me insane. So I have to let it go for a couple weeks and then, like, watch two, three at a time. But, yeah, watching The Mandalorian right now, a lot. No, I got my Disney Plus. So, yeah, that's five. Mandalorian. Uh, friends, How I Met Your Mother, Living Single, and, uh... House of Cards. House of Cards, yes. 
Who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? Four all-time favorite music artists? Michael Jackson, 311, Jimi Hendrix, and Snoop, Snoop Dogg. What are three of your most favorite films? Return of the Jedi, Requiem for a Dream, and Bram Stoker's Dracula. Shout out to the Ewoks. Yes. And wow, Requiem for a Dream. Not saying it's a horrible movie, but that's like a deep ass movie. That is a dark movie. Dude, that is that movie is it's one that movie was awesome when I saw it. It just it hit me, dude. And uh, Darren Aronofsky is still one of my favorite directors. Yeah, he's I still good. Seen the, I still haven't seen The Whale. He directed The Whale. Yeah, I haven't seen that one either. I love, um, there's a movie called Mother that I love that everybody seems to hate. But I, I Really? Yeah, I love the movie. Haven't seen that one. Mother? Mother. Who's in yeah. it? Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem, Michelle Pfeiffer, Ed Harris. Hmm. Michelle cool. Pfeiffer is spectacular in the movie. You know, she's still got those acting chops. She was just in a uh she was just in a superhero movie, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, Ant Man and the Wasp and Quantumania. That's right. And she was the star yeah. of that movie in my opinion. Yeah, yeah so was Jonathan Majors, but he's going through some unfortunate stuff right now. You know, I haven't even and then don't spoil it because I haven't watched Creed three yet and I haven't seen that you know, I've got I should watch that Ant Man it's Ant Man. So it's kind of slow on my Marvel radar. But, yeah, I'll, Jonathan Majors, after watching uh, The Harder They Fall, that movie killed, bro. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. It's on my list, though. It's on Netflix, dude. It's like, you want to see, a, you want to see an entertaining black movie of, like, dude. The, Jonathan Majors in it, of course. Uh, Regina King is in it. Mm-hmm. I cannot remember that that lady's name, but that movie is just, it's got a lot of historical inaccuracies. You know, they embellish because it's for entertainment's sake, but, like, I want to know who Stagecoach Mary is or Shotgun Mary, you know. I'm going to go look them up, but, like, it was just the most entertaining movie, like, ever, dude. It's crazy. I will check it out. Yeah, it's a Western, man. You're going to see people get shot. Oh, Idris Elba's in it, too. Very nice. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, jumping back in, we got two questions left in this set. What are two foods you can't live without? Mm-hmm. Two foods I can't live without. Fried chicken wings is one of them. Can't live without that. And uh, I guess my uh, my smoothies and donuts. I guess that's three, but I'm cheating. It's fine. <laughs> and uh, what is one of your guilty pleasures? Cringe. Seeing people do cringy stuff is just, uh, that is, that's a guilty pleasure. Oh, you love the schadenfreude. No, no, not schadenfreude, um, but like, well, that too, I guess. Well, it's a little schadenfreude, in a a sense, someone being cringe and you getting pleasure in them being cringe. Maybe that isn't, well, schadenfreude is more getting pleasure in their demise, but um, a cringe could be somewhat of a demise. Like uh, like getting the the DMs I get a lot of the time, that's just 
and when I used to, so I used to monitor a lot of my uh, my lady uh, performers, a lot of my co-stars DMs. Wow, it is uh, it's pretty wild. I believe but, that uh, stuff like that all over YouTube. It's just yeah, ninety day fiance type stuff is just I can't get enough of it, man. Mm. All right. What are you currently binging? Are you currently binge-watching anything? Uh, let's see. The Mandalorian. Well, I can't really binge that one. Um, let's see. I was just watching a bunch the Marvel movies, actually. I just got through a lot of the Marvel movies that I had kind of skipped, like Ant-Man. I never really was into Ant-Man when I was a kid, so I kind of skipped those Marvel movies, but I'm about to get to the last one. Uh, 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 and in the DC movies, oh, I just saw, I've been watching a lot of Superman, I've been binging Krypton on HBO, you know, Krypton? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Been watching that, uh, General Zod is a black man, this is awesome, uh, and uh, I watched the Donner Cut of Superman 2 for the first time, I had never seen that before. If you've seen Superman 2, like the old school one, if you watched it as a kid, like, it's, they recut it. They used a lot of that old uh, cutting room footage. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, a lit, it's a totally different movie. Very interesting. Yeah. All right. But, yeah. If you're <laughs> watching a lot of Superman stuff, Superman and Lois is actually a really enjoyable show. You know, I have not seen that one yet. It's on HBO Max, if I'm not mistaken. It is. It's, yeah. Yeah, I see it advertised when I'm watching Krypton. So, yeah, I'll probably check that one out. What's next for Jermaine Lavender? What can listeners and your fans expect from you in the near future? What do you have planned in 2023? I'm going to, what I've been doing a lot lately is simplifying a little bit. I've been trying to use stuff that is, um, use a lot of equipment that is supposed to be helping me, but it's not because there's a learning curve going along with it. So I'm going to be simplifying a lot and just concentrating on getting good video and having good sex while doing it and uh gonna be doing a little bit more traveling see like i said you're gonna be seeing a lot of content coming out of me uh next month as i go to seattle and um possibly a new hair color i've been growing my hair out and uh it's the first time i've been able to grow my hair out uh because i've had like well, I've been shaving my head because of the military, and then it's easy, so I kept doing it. And then the itching that came from just basically cutting it off and just washing the hell out of it made me think, I can't have any hair, but I just put the right stuff on my head, you know, some tea tree oil, and uh, my scalp stopped itching, so now I'm able to grow my hair out, so maybe we'll see a, a new hairstyle. We'll see a new hairstyle until I decide to go back to being bald. All right now. How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social media, as well as all of the important links on where they can find your original content? Okay, so my original content, you can find me just by searching Jermaine Lavender on uh, X Videos or Pornhub. And on uh, OnlyFans, it's just Jermaine Lavender, all one word. And then it's the Twitter, uh, you can find me at J Lavender XXX. And then on Instagram, you can find me at 
J underscore Lavender underscore X. Well, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in? Thank you for supporting me. Uh, thank you for buying my stuff. Thank you for communicating with me. And uh, do it more, and uh, I'll do it more. Or do it more, and I'll show you more. There we go. Very nice. Well, I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview, Jermaine. Hey, thank you for having me, dude. Thanks for having me, Papa Chulo. You're welcome. It's good to have you on. Like I said, it feels like it's been kind of like a long time coming, and I'm glad we finally got a chance to do it. And, and certainly, the door is open for more whenever you want to come back to update the listeners and your fans on what you've been up to. You've got an open invite. Thank you. I will totally be back. Fantastic. And listeners... I also want to thank you for tuning in to One on One with Poppy Chulo. Before we go, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Thank you for downloading One on One with Poppy Chulo. Here are a few helpful reminders. For more information on One on One with Poppy Chulo, visit poppychularadio.com slash after dark. Follow Poppy Chulo on Twitter at twitter.com slash Poppy Chulo one on one. That's at Poppy Chulo. The number one. The word on. And the number one. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Back to you, Poppy Chulo. Thanks, announcer. And with that, Jermaine Lavender and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Good night. Let's go. Thanks for listening to One on One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio. And like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week. <laughs>